That's right, folks. It is another episode. That's right, episode 23 of your favorite Model Railroad only podcast, Model Railroad Talk. In this episode, we are going to be talking about structures. Wood structures, plastic, paper, cast, that kind of thing. Um, what can you do with them? And advantages and disadvantages. And we also have a listener, a new listener that has emailed us. And we're going to discuss um, some of his questions being a new or looking at getting into the hobby. So stick around and we will get the show on the tracks. All right, folks. Yes, I am your host of this Model Railroad podcast called Model Railroad Talk. If you haven't figured that out by now, the bandit. And it is episode 23. Um, unfortunately, if you noticed in the intro, like we stated last, uh, oh, last episode, I think it was just the last episode. We only had the one episode. Basically, the source I was getting my intro sound from basically started, or they changed it up. So I had no longer access through that for that intro. And then I was able to recover that intro sound, you know, with the train and the crossing gate and stuff like that. But then I had to find an app that would actually play it, even though it's an audio file. Um, it's still, I had to find an app. And then once I got that app hooked up, well, then I need to get it switched over to my other, my old phone, which is generally what I use that for. And I never got it over there. I was going to get it transferred real quick. And then I come to find out my charging plug for the phone somehow came uncharged. And guess what? Phone is dead. So the intro wasn't quite like I wanted, but we're getting there. You know, it takes time um, working out these little kinks. That's part of doing these productions. You know, everything goes fine for a while. You get it all tuned in and then guess it tells you, nope, nope, you're done. Anyways, so we're moving on. Like we had stated in our intro, we are going, going to be talking about structures. Um, this isn't going to be something that, is going to be a discussion of how to build structures. It's going to be more of if you're the type of person, let's say you've done nothing but plastic structures, your entire modeling career, and you talk to people or you've seen, or you may have purchased uh, a wood um, or commonly called craftsman structure kit, which, you know, that could be wood. Most of them have wood. They have uh castings metal castings in them plus some of them like uh, bar mills and then and, and fine scale miniatures and stuff like that they actually put plaster castings in them too but um but there's but those are the two main ones that people think about are the plastic and wood um but there's also the paper uh we've talked about this before we've done a review on it which is modelbuildings.org and they're not the only one out there that does it there's a lot more those are the 
they're the ones that I, I guess I, the best way to put it is I first discovered through another video podcast on YouTube. Uh, uh, it's my railroad with Steve Brown. He introduced those on his, uh, video podcast and he's a end scaler. And so I went to the website and I'm like, Oh, okay. They have HO and started looking into them and bought or purchased which is their download and did a couple of them, put them, you know, printed them off, cut them out, you know, everything both went through the process and like, I really liked them. So, um, but before we dive into that, so this is going to be kind of a back and forth kind of thing before we dive into the structures. Um, I just want to get in. I want to, uh, we got a listener email from Dave L. Uh, Dave, thank you for the email. And we're actually going to dive into what he wants, what, what he emailed us about towards the end of this podcast. But I want to, I guess, give you guys a heads up. Yeah, we're, he's looking at getting into the hobby. And while I'm going to address some of his questions, concerns, what have you, uh, through our YouTube channel, which I'm, uh, been working on creating videos, which is a whole nother world folks. But I, I, I'm going to try to give him and those that are listening to this that are thinking about getting into the hobby, or even if you've taken that step and you've went to say hobby shop or like hobby lobby or something or online, you've purchased that train set that gives you the locomotive, a few cars, the track and the power pack, that kind of thing. Uh, some things to think about. And we have discussed that, um, getting into the hobby, uh, several or at least once I know that, but we've, we've touched on several different aspects of it, um, of getting into the hobby in previous episodes. So if you're listening to this, you know, episode three, uh, is a good one, uh, stages of building a ma or a railroad. Then we, episode four kind of gets into bench work. Episode five, we do basics of wiring, Not, you know, episode six. I mean, we, the, the, the very beginning few episodes, I'll say half dozen or so are, are really more gauged for you, the beginner or person thinking about getting in to the hobby. But if most of ours, I've always tried to make it to where my episodes are, are not only for, you know, we'll just say intermediate, intermediate to advanced modelers, but I try to also keep it a little bit of the information, even if it's not like a beginner topic, I try to keep it, I don't know, the best way to put it, I keep, try to keep it so it's easy, easily somewhat understandable for those maybe coming into the hobby so you can kind of understand but um dave if you're listening to this episode um if you go back if you haven't listened to it yet sorry about that folks i forgot to shut off my sound but hey it's it's a good sound right um and there we go um if you go back to episode 21, so just a couple episodes ago, I actually kind of talked about getting into the hobby, but like I said, we'll touch more. I'm going to go more in depth 
on his questions on our YouTube channel, which is Model Railroad Talk. Um, but I want to touch on some of them. So getting back, let's get back on track here. Structures. Most of us coming into the hobby, we, I would have to, I, I, and I'm not going to put a percentage on, but I would say a majority of us that get into this hobby in the beginning, our experience is with the plastic kits, structure kits. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with plastic kits. You know, um, I remember my first model railroad set. It had a, I don't remember if it was, I want to say like an F7 Santa Fe and, you know, whatever cars. It had the figure eight track. Well, I guess that's why I remember it being set up. Maybe it was just the loop of track. My dad bought the figure eight, you know, where it had the up and over. But I do remember that kit came with a plastic station. You had to build it, and it was very, very basic. You know, it had the four walls, the roof, um, a base, and you know, <laughs> the the windows were already the, the they were already in there. You just had to put the little clear plastic on the back, which you know, through time they fell off because using you know back then we didn't have the great adhesives we do today, so. Um, so that's what I think I feel a lot of modelers started with. And let's face it back in the day, that's really all we had, unless you were a scratch builder and you went out and scratch built your own out of wood. Uh, like usually they use basswood. So I think the best place to start with this is let's start by, are you a person that builds what I call BPI builds per instruction? Are you, have you kit bash or have you kit bashed or have you scratch built? So you're probably asking some of you that are newer are probably asking, well, what's the difference? Well, obviously BPI built per instruction. You know, it kind of says it right there. you you take the instructions and you build it according to how the instructions say to build it. Then there is kit bashing. Kit bashing is you, any modification you make to I would say outside of paint that you make to that structure. So like, we'll go back to like the initial kit that, you know, like I got, and you know, some of you may got whether it be a freight depot or, or a train station. So you get that train station in your first model railroad kit, right? Then you, outside of paint, let's say you decide you don't like where one door is, you're going to cut that door out. You're going to fill it in and you're going to move the door or you're going to open up a door or you're going to modify it somehow. While that is technically just still on the customizing, but kit bashing, you know, that's, that's getting into the same lines of it. But kit bashing really is um, where you take a lot of people take two kits and use parts, a minimum of two kits, I should say. Um, and you, and you, you know, use a wall from this kit and use a front from this kit and, and, and different pieces to build that structure to whatever you want it to be and, or need it to be. Uh, a good example of that, like for me, I am, well, right now I'm using the I'm going to be using the modelbuildings.org. They're some, uh, some of their smaller like line side kits, their 3d structures. 
so I can get an idea of where I'm going to be putting the couple buildings for my rip track. But I also know, or I, I haven't done a lot, I should say I don't know for 100%, but I haven't done a lot of research yet to figure out, are there plastic kits out there that are going to work? Are there, I, I, and I'm sure there is, but uh, just kind of going through, you know, um, my thinking here is, well, is there craftsman kits? That kind of thing. So anyways, getting back on track, kit bashing is where you, easiest term, you take two kits, pieces from a minimum two different kits and put them together to build a structure. Then the last one that I said, which is scratch built, which majority of people understand, but there again, if you're new to the hobby, you know, Hey, can't fault you for that. Not knowing this is where you learn scratch building is where a person say finds a set of plans. Maybe that, that, that building they're doing is not available. Um, you can historical and, and you see a lot of scratch building in, uh, modelers who are say modeling a specific time and era and they find a set of plans for say a depot or an industry of some kind and they unfortunately do not make that or the one maybe maybe a manufacturer does make that say walters or something uh we'll use the grain elevator as an example maybe walters grain elevator uh isn't it's too modern for what they're wanting so you have to revert to scratch built and that basically is using wood uh, uh styrene paper you know uh anything you can to build that structure to the way you want it that is scratch building you your plans are only say you go onto the historical uh, uh website and you print off plans and it gives you the dimensions and you take your scale ruler and you start, you know, okay, it says it's 50 foot by, you know, 20 foot or whatever. And you mark it out and you start cutting and planning. That's what scratch building is. So are there advantages or and disadvantage of both? Or of all, I should say of all three. Yes, there is. Um, we'll start with the, uh, what I call the BPI, the uh, built per instruction. So the advantages of that is, you know, you want to take this building, set it here. Um, and, and I'm not talking painting or anything like that. I'm just saying the building process. You know for a fact it's going to fit where you want it. It's going to look right and everything. There is nothing wrong with taking a kit. And, I, and I'm not, whether it's plastic, uh, uh, wood, paper, cast, whatever. Whatever that kit is manufactured, that also has really not a lot to do with this. But it will fit where you want it and you're going to be happy with the end result doing it per instructions. Um, that is that it's going to be quicker. Uh, most cases it's going to be easier because you have instructions right in front of you. It's they've already worked out some of the problems there. Okay. Now that's not saying along the way, okay, I might want to add a downspout or I might want to, you know, when I put the windows in, I want to, have curtains or something, okay? Or you want to detail the interior. That's into a totally different subject, or not totally different, but that's into another realm of it. But and we're not touching that today. But um, but yeah, the advantages of of building per instructions are you can get a, a building built quicker 
less, I want to say stressful, but uh, less steps possibly, then you can kit bashing or scratch building. The disadvantage of it is, say you and a group of buddies are all building model railroads and you all shop from the same hobby shop or website or whatever. And you, two or three, you may end up having that same building is the thing, or you may see that building on a lot of other people's layouts because it's readily available. It's easy to build that kind of thing. Um, starting out in the hobby, if you're new to the hobby, um, there's nothing wrong with building it per the instructions. Absolutely not. Um, I know it can get scary. I remember the first time I kit bashed and I remember the first time I scratch build a building, it was scary. Cause you're like, I don't want to mess up, but when it boils down to it in the end, folks, remember it's your railroad. So, um, so the disadvantages are that you, you have a building that is maybe not individual compared to what you know, others may have on their railroads while it doesn't really matter what they have on their railroads, but it's not individual. It's, it's not an individualized building. Let's put it that way. Um, going over to kit bash, the advantages of kit bashing is you get the best of both worlds. You get the best, of you know, you get pre-production parts. Um, you don't have to, but yet you can also have the feeling of scratch building, which is what I recommend when people start talking about scratch building stuff is I recommend to them start kit bashing a little bit. Um, it gives you the, a, the uh, first advantage is it gives you an individualized building that more than likely, um, unless you build somebody else one the exact same way, there'll never be one like it again. So if you're into, if you're a person that's into taking pictures of your railroad and sharing them, you're going to have a building that no one else out there will ever have, you know, um, the other advantages are it gives you more freedom of expression of your railroad. It helps you if you are modeling a certain era, a certain time frame, um, a certain railroad, you know, you can take and take that, say, you know, plastic kit or wood kit, whatever. And you can take that kit that say how many, you know, people out there have bought and you may see in pictures or videos and you can take that and you may like that kit, but by uh, kit bashing it, even on the most um, low level, you can turn that kit into something that is a one of a kind. The other advantage is is for it is it gets you into the mind frame the skill set it starts working with you and teaching you if you've never scratch built it kind of starts giving you some of those skills it helps you identify possibly the tools you may need that you you know you may need to be able to scratch build down the road you know while you think you may have everything which you may to kit bash which most people do when they kit bash they by the time they're kit bashing they've got pretty much the tools they need to do what they need to do. You know, um, you should have everything for scratch building, but there again, you know, each and each person's different, you know, um, somebody might be able to kit bash with just an exacto knife and a straight edge and a scale ruler while others want to use squares and different, um, you know, uh, like a ponce wheel to be able to add for wood strict wood structures to add nail holes, that kind of thing. 
that's stuff that you can add down the road. Um, the disadvantages to kit bashing is it will, or it could, I should say, it could take you a little longer to build said structure. Um, it, if it's your first few, you may not be happy with the results, but remember, you nothing's permanent. You can always go back and fix or redo it. But, um, you know, and, and kit bashing, you don't have any instructions to go by. So if you're a person that prefers to go by the instructions, kit bashing, well, and scratch building, uh, probably may not be for you. Um, so yeah, but now let's move on to scratch building. Uh, so why not just, if you're going to kit bash, why not go to scratch build? Well, scratch building gets into, you have to, it's not, it's more, and we're not going to go into all the details and exactly how to scratch build, but it takes a little more thinking, like what kind of siding are you going to use? I mean, unless you, like we've said, you're modeling a specific building, you've got pictures, you've got plans, you've got dimensions, you can, to where you can go out, okay, you need to buy uh, uh, basswood this thick with this kind of siding, and I need to buy, I need, you know, this is the type of roofing it needs, so on and so forth. If you have plans like that, kit bashing really isn't, it, it's an advanced, very, very advanced form of build per instructions because you think about it, if you are modeling a specific building and you have, say, the dimensions and stuff, you know, because a lot of that stuff you can find online now, you really have, you're, you're kind of building it per the instructions of that, of that prototype building, right? So the difference is you have to be able to go in and measure and cut out your windows and, and get the walls and everything, you know, to the right size if, for the roof, you know, the right pitch, that kind of thing. So kit bashing, the advantages of kit bashing, and, and this is an advantage of, or I'm sorry, not kit bashing, scratch building. The advantages of scratch building, which is an advantage of kit bashing as well, I didn't name, is if you have that part or that, that section on your railroad, say you know you need to put a building there, none of the buildings that are available will fit because, say, they're too square or they're too rectangle. You need to have an, you know, you need to angle it or this or that. And it's just, it just won't quite fit. That's where kit bashing or scratch building come in good because you can actually, even if you're modeling a specific building for your error or whatever, you can make those little tweaks. Okay. You have the plan. It's, you know, 20 by 30 is the building, but you know, scale size, you know, on your railroad, you've only got, you know, say, 15 by 15 or, or 15 by 25 to fit into the space or it's an odd it's not a square space it's an odd shape space you can make those adjustments to make that building fit and most of the time people aren't going to really ever be able to tell that that building wasn't made for that so those are the advantages of uh scratch building the disadvantages are if you've never done uh scratch building before i don't I'm not saying don't rec I, I'm not going to say don't do it. Um, if it's your first scratch building, uh, do your research. Um, I like to recommend to people if, if you're planning on getting into scratch building, it doesn't matter what the material is, you know, kit bash a few buildings first. And when you're kit bashing them, 
try kit and ba- kit bashing some plastic and wood together, you know, buildings to give you a different, A, it gives you a different uh, style of building, but it also, you know, gives a different look, but also gives you some techniques of merging two different materials together, you know? So the disadvantages of, of getting back to those of scratch building is it, it potentially could take longer. Um, you've got to, figure out and plan out what you need for your wood sizes and, or, you know, or, or I shouldn't say wood. Um, it's not just wood. I, most people, uh, think scratch building, they do wood, but plastic, even you've got to be able to figure out your, what you're going to need for material to build that building or structure. And, you know, where, where are you going to get the parts? If you're doing, uh, you know, styrene, what's the availability? of said siding or roofing or windows or you know detail parts for that building where you buy a kit or you even if you buy two different kits and kit bash you're going to have a lot of those parts in those kits scratch building you're not you're going to have to find them unless you have them laying around from old kits that you you know aren't going to use so that's yet another disadvantage to it. And it goes back to if you've never done it, you may not have the skill sets to, in your mind, be happy with the end result at first. So if when I'm getting, I guess what I tell people when you're getting into scratch building, build some small structures, look at magazines, do your research, watch videos. There's plenty of videos, articles, pictures out there of people step-by-step how they scratch build stuff Um, and go by and, and don't, I should say, don't go by just one person. You may have found a person online on YouTube, TikTok, whatever you like their style, but find somebody else. Try to find somebody else that is building, say said similar building, uh, scratch building that is, and look at their techniques because you'd be surprised people the end result within reason will be the same okay you got a building four walls or what have you and it's standing there but some people have different approaches to getting to that end result um whether it be you know um structural you know how to keep it together how to keep your walls from bowing you know some people use different kinds of adhesives and stuff so um if you're going to get into scratch building, I, like I said, I highly recommend you do some kit bashing first. And like I said, it doesn't matter if it's plastic, wood, paper, uh, using like, uh, uh, plaster castings. It doesn't matter. Get a scratch, build some stuff first. Um, but they all, the advantages though, going back to scratch building and even kit bashed is you can make that one unique building that nobody else is probably going to have. So with that, we are going to take a break here. Um, the second half, while we are going to at the end, cause we don't, like I said, we don't have a review today at the very end where that review spot is. We'll kind of go over some of, uh, uh, a couple, we'll touch on a couple things that Dave L had sent us. Um, cause he's looking at getting into the hobby of model railroading which we're glad to have you looking into it and hopefully we can encourage you to move forward Um, but in the second half we're going to kind of go in a little more depth i know we've talked about it and let me look it up here real quick 
of one of our previous episodes. Uh, watch, I, my notes probably aren't the best right here. So on that one. Um, okay, so episode 16. I know we talked about wood, plastic, paper. We, we've touched on the differences in them. Um, so we may be talking about some of those same uh, things that we talked about in episode 16. We may touch on some of the same points. But we are going to dive into that a little more. And after we get back from our break, and we'll try to see if we can't help Dave answer some of his questions. And uh, if you reach out to us, modelrotalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, any ideas, um, or you can go to our website, modelrotalk.com, which that would be, you know, have www at the front, which I normally say, but this time around I didn't. I don't know why. Um, there we have a forum. We have forums. We have groups on there. Uh, we uh, here at Model Railroad Talk. We do. Uh, we try to do uh, somewhat regular blog on there. It's just it's been busy with us trying to get the video side up. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com forward slash Model Railroad Talk if you think you want to become a premium uh, supporter, and there you get several advantages of being a premium supporter. Um, go to our website or our, not our, I already said our website, go to our YouTube page, uh, which is model railroad talk. And, uh, we ask that you subscribe. We're trying to hit that 50 mark so we can start going live on there. Uh, we are on TikTok, also on Facebook. Um, we have our Facebook page and then for our premium subscribers on pay, not only Patreon, but any other, any of the forums, a premium subscriber. Um, also has access to our private Facebook group, which in this episode, I'm actually recording live uh, and doing a live episode for our, our Facebook, private Facebook group. So it gives you kind of that advantage of, OK, well, you want to, you know, when I record these, they're all about the same. But, you know, hey, uh, sometimes you want to see something, hear something different. So when we come back. We're going to finish up talking about structures and all that good stuff. And we're going to jump into a few of Dave L uh, question concerns, what have you. So stick around and uh, we'll see you here shortly. Join the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter. By becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash model railroad talk to become a premium member today. Guess what? Yes. After that little break was a much needed break. Don't ask me why. I just thought I'd throw that in there. But uh, so first half of this podcast episode, we discussed structures to the point of do you build them per instruction BPI, kit bash or scratch build? 
we discuss the advantages and disadvantages of each one. And if you are new or newer to the hobby or newer to say building, cause there's a lot of, um, structures out there now that you can buy, um, that you can buy that are pre-built and ready, you know, lit and everything else. So, um, so if you're going to be getting into building because you want that building to fit, because, you know, let's face it, uh, some of these pre-built ones, while they are nice, they're great, you know, Woodland Scenics, even Menards has stepped up their game. I don't know who's doing theirs, but, you know, as an example of these at Walters, they got pre-built stuff. It may not fit your space that you need, but you like the building. You want something you want that at least style of building something similar. So that's where, you know, kit bashing or scratch building would come in. Um, so we are, we said before in this second half, we're going to dive into plastic, wood, paper, uh, uh, plaster casting kind of thing. Um, I know we've talked about it a little bit in episode 16 with some of this, maybe a repeat of what's on there. Um, some of this may be a little more in depth, but uh, if you're starting out building, and this is more for the building, this isn't for purchasing, okay? Um, uh, I should say purchasing a ready-made structure. I highly recommend, and this goes to kind of Dave L, um, one of your questions, or not really your question, but uh, I guess to help you with, uh, since you're looking at getting into the hobby, I, if you haven't built a structure or you've, you've just done a simple put four walls and a roof on and, you know, um, I would recommend doing plastic to start out a, the tools are a lot less. You can, you can really get by doing it with an exacto knife and some basically CA super glue and get your building built and 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 learn from it depending on the manufacturer um, majority of the manufacturers out there that do like walters you know we'll just use them not picking on them or anything and not advocating for them just saying you know walter structures they're as an example their walls when they cast them in plastic their walls generally are a thicker plastic so you don't really need to do bracing on the backside. So if you go to paint it, I mean, let's face it, most of us use acrylic paints. And even if you're using uh, an oil-based paint, unless that it actually starts attacking the plastic, your, your walls are going to stay more or less straight. Okay. You don't have to worry about warpage or anything like that. And same with your roofs and stuff. You get into wood however it's a little different so like the we'll call them the craftsman structure kits so all the way from like the, what i would call um the entry level ones which would be um you know like bar mills and stuff like that all the way up to like say a fine scale miniatures kit or south river model works that kind of thing those craftsman structure kits they generally send you extra basswood strips plus you're probably going to want a little stockpile of it because 
that's a thinner wood. Granted, while it's basswood and not, mo uh, I don't know of any of them that make wood kits in balsa because balsa, while yes, balsa would work, it's such a, uh, uh, a porous and it's not really a very strong wood in comparison to basswood. Basswood's a thicker, denser wood, so it's gonna it's it, it's gonna withstand a lot more. It's not gonna um, compared to balsa. It's uh, humidity changes aren't gonna affect it as much. But either way, whatever way you go, whether you're scratch building or you're you're uh, kit bashing or just building the kit as is, um, you need to with a wood kit, your walls and all that. You need to. Uh, put structural support on the back sides of them because while you take them out and say you put it together per instructions, as soon as you add any kind of moisture, which would be paint, um, is the main thing. You take a risk of the walls starting to bend and bow, and maybe not in the big flat areas where there's no openings, but you, where you're really going to notice it is like doorways, and if especially if there's a window next to the doorway, that kind of thing, or where you don't have a big flat area of the, the wood that's in a sense not cut or anything. Um, so building with wood takes a little more uh, preparation to be able to main, have, that, have that structure maintain its integrity while it sits on your railroad. You know, and let's face it, most railroads are, are in basements or <clears throat> you know, attics, you know, uh, to where, while yes, they are somewhat climate controlled, but depending on where you live, a majority of us, we still have uh, climate differences throughout the year. You know, for us here in Iowa, you know, in the summertime, it gets real humid. In the wintertime, it generally gets real dry. And while you can maintain your temperature, it's the, the humidity that actually affects all the way down to your track and your cars and your locomotives. So um, unless you are in like, in a sense, a biodome that you can control every second of every day, your, your humidity and your temperature and all that, um, you know, you've, you've, you've got a brace. So going from plastic to wood, the wood structure, structure kits, whether it's a kit you're going to build per instructions or you're going to kit bash or scratch build, remember you're going to have a little bit more work with that because you're going to have to brace a lot more of that building, more of the pieces in order for, for the long run of it to maintain its structural stability and look good on your railroad. I mean, let's face it, you're going to spend that extra money on uh, a wood kit because generally speaking, they're depending on the size of the kit and what you're getting with that kit, they're going to be about the same or a little more uh, cost-wise for purchasing. But not so, and, it, and it's not just that as it is your time because you're going to be putting more time into it because a lot of wood kits, you have to cut out. You have to do a little more to them than you say, you know, on a plastic, you cut it off the sprues and trim the edge and, um, whether you paint the parts before or after you glue them together, um, you know, you glue it together and then you, uh, you know, and, and you can paint it or it's already painted, whatever you touch up and, and, you know, you're pretty much done where the wood ones you've, a lot of times you've got to cut 
different pieces out of the wood ones you know so i mean it, the wood kits generally take more time so um the next thing that we've talked about which a lot of wood kits come with these are plaster castings um, most of the time therefore say let's say your building has a brick foundation as an example a lot of manufacturers and this is more or less mainly for the wood craftsman kits they will include not only do they include uh metal castings for little detail parts whether it be exhaust pipes or or barrels or whatever depending on the building that you're building um but they'll some of them will include plaster castings which would be say for like the foundation which is brick or stone or whatever um but there are some kits out there that if it's like an all brick building well yes you can get that in plastic there's a lot of plastic kits out there that are nothing but brick building you can get kits that are plaster castings of brick buildings um that would more or less be kind of like the craftsman structure the wood you know like uh let's say in plastic you know they're trying to simulate wood a wood building well that the craftsman structure kit the wood craftsman structure kit would be the equivalent of that well the plastic kits that do the brick um style of building that would be you know the cast plaster casted brick parts would be in a sense the craftsman structure kit of those so those also take more work because you're uh they and they are susceptible to heat and, and and humidity more more the humidity and you know temperature change uh so much but but there again there's special preparations because you know let's face it they have to um the castings a lot of times those castings you got to go in and scrape them down a little bit and you know i mean not every plaster casting is going to be perfect that comes out um sometimes to your advantage you know may give you a worn look but other times you know you you know you're gonna have to square up an edge to make two pieces come together and if they don't wrap say the brick um the brick molding or whatever you want to call around the corners you're gonna have to go in and carve out uh that on your edge sometimes to match the side so it, you know in a sense you have a seamless side um so there's another possibility for a building um all of which up to this point it doesn't matter whether you're plaster wood or plastic uh, i'm sorry plaster wood or plastic buildings you still can scratch bit scratch build or um kit bash with those nothing saying you can't do that to get that one-of-a-kind structure or that structure that fits exactly where you want it on your railroad to make that scene um, the last thing that and we've talked about this several times um in previous episodes is the what i call the paper buildings now there's two different kinds there are some kits out there where they're literally really thin cardboard that you get and like they give you uh pieces like you build the kit it's a plastic and your siding you actually have strips of siding you've got to put on um a lot of times those kits are 
identical to a wood craftsman kit the way they go together a lot of times they'll give you strips of wood to go in you know to reinforce your corners uh reinforce your walls that kind of thing um there again it does take that little bit of extra skill set that skill level that you would learn um from doing plastic kits to produce a building that uh you know that that will go on your railroad and look good and maintain its, you know, looking good throughout time and so on and so forth. Um, but there, that style of kit is not as common anymore as it used to be years ago. Um, in fact, the, that kind of kit kind of got uh, overtaken a little bit by uh, the wood craftsman kits um, with the technology of, being able to like laser cut and all that stuff. And it, it they found that, you know, you can get basswood and with whatever kind of siding. Okay. As an example, and, and, you know, that you slap it into a machine and it laser cuts it out and, you know, it, it's a lot less work, but there's still advantages to it. Like if you're going to do an old timey building or a rundown building, um, you know, that's got rolled, uh, we, uh, we call it rolled siding or something, you know, uh, tar paper. There we go for siding. It, it's a perfect kit for it because technically, really, you can make tar paper siding real easy with strips of paper or even uh, thin masking tape, spray it black and put it on there, you know. Um, but you can do that with any of these other than really plaster because you can't, it's hard to glue to plaster. But um, but the other paper buildings are like we've said before, are like the modelbuildings.org, and there's other ones out there um, that do them to where you print them out. And obviously, the better color printer you have, the better of a building you're going to end up having. But a lot they these started out mainly being background low relief buildings. Okay, when people when this when this technology or thought idea whatever you want to call it started it was for people you know instead of just painting blue and hills and trees on your backdrop you know people were trying to find a way to put industries on the back of the walls you know on the wall in a sense the backdrop and you know to fill up that space so it didn't look like just blue sky everywhere on the railroad you know um and while a lot of people, yes, they were using plastic kits and wood kits, but let's face it, plastic kits are pretty expensive. And so are wood kits, especially nowadays. And you're limited to what they have out there. And while, yes, you're limited on these model buildings, these ones that you can download and print, you can actually take them um, for starters and move them into uh, a photo editing program and alter them like if you don't like the sign that's on it you can alter it you know you know if you're any good with a photo editing software um and then save it print it out and there you go um but it's a less expensive way and and some of these buildings now i'm telling you folks the detail on them if if you had it sitting on the back of a layout and there's any distance between you i mean like my, my railroad bulk of my railroad is going to be roughly two foot deep um, with the exception of my upper level, which is only going to be anywhere from 14 to 16 inches deep, but still the detail on them. I mean, they're taking these pictures, these buildings are pictures of real life buildings and the details. So, you know, 
if you're looking for something for a good background, but they also do 3D buildings. And in fact, that's what um, I said in the first part of this was I've got my rip track that I just uh, got, I'm, I'm starting to work on. And I know I need, I, I need and want certain small buildings. Well, I don't know that I want to go out and buy a whole bunch of, you know, buildings. And I, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time scratch building structures that, you know, even just temporary ones um, and wasting the material to not have them work. So I, I have purchased several of the building bundles from modelbuildings.org and I, I'm able to print them off as many times as I want. So I'm able to say, uh, which I have, which I'm going to be working on here soon so I can start planning the rip track area. Um, I can build them up with, you know, minimal cost, minimal time and set them on there. And even though that building may not be the exact building I want for that, but I, I'm getting a general size. It helps me plan. And who knows, it might actually end up being a building that stays on there. I, you know, I can throw a little extra detail with some basswood for the corners or this or that. And it may be a building that stays there too. Um, the nice thing about the paper is there's, for the most part, less uh, financial, or I guess is the, that's not really the best, but there's, there's less uh, investment with them. You know, you buy, like I said, I bought, I bought several bundles from them. And I have access to them all the time. Um, in fact, I get them all downloaded on my computer. And I actually have a binder that I printed them all out so I can flip through. Okay, well, you know, this and this. Um, while I've only taken a couple of them and went into uh, my photo editing software and messed around, I haven't spent a lot of time doing that yet. But the detail, the, the overall, it's more or less my time rather than the cost of materials. So that's an advantage of the paper ones. You can do a lot with less. And, you know, the nice thing about it is with those, you throw them in your, uh, say you go into your editing software, you change a few things, add a little bit of weathering, whatever you want to do, and you print it off and you build it. And eh, I don't like it. You're not out, but what, a couple, probably three or four sheets of paper and, you know, 20 minutes of your time and a little bit of glue, you know, really. I mean, so, um, so the paper ones, that you're starting to see pop up. I mean, there's other companies that even do, um, you know, you can get FedEx trucks and trailers and UPS and all these and, and intermodal containers and stuff like that. Um, you know, that you can do those railroad crossing, uh, the, the, Oh, I don't know what you call it. The grading or whatever that goes the modern day, uh, railroad crossing that inserts and stuff. You can get those where you can print them off and stuff. So there's, there's a lot, of um, advantages to that plus there's a lot of great new i want to say products but product ideas in a sense um with that uh technology so let's go back to the structures the different kinds so plastic the advantages of plastic are if you're new to the hobby newer to the hobby or you're thinking about getting in the hobby plastic kits are going to get you building structures, whatever you want to call them, um, with minimal amount of tools, minim most of the time, minimal amount of uh, time invested building it, depending on the structure. 
if you get into where you're doing the big, what is it, Walters? Uh, they're either they're like their big uh, grain facility or whatever, or you get into their um, I can't think of what they call it, Medusa uh, stone or whatever. Yeah, you're gonna have time with that, but I'm talking like simple buildings, you know, like a depot or you know little houses, stuff like that. And you want to get into building structures. Plastic is gonna be the best way to start. Once you get in, you feel you have your techniques down and, and you've created those buildings that, you know, you're at the point where you're, you're making buildings that you really like and, you know, hey, that looked good on my railroad or I would like to take pictures and try to make it look real, you know, take it outside, you know. But that's not saying you can't try a wood craftsman structure kit. Like I said, there's plenty of good entry level kits out there that are just little kits you know, you can get in 20 bucks, 30 bucks, or, you know, generally between 20 and $50 is what I've been noticing lately uh, for the wood ones entry level. You know, you can get into one of those and get, you can get more detail with those. Um, not saying you can't put the detail in plastic. It's just the, the steps to get it to make, especially if it's a wood, it's a plastic kit that looks like wood. I mean, let's face it, plastic trying to look like wood versus wood looking like wood, you know, um, it kind of depends on what your theory is there. My personal, I, if, if it's going to be wood, I want it to be wood, um, on the railroad. As far as the castings, I don't know necessarily that there's a, from what I've seen that there's really an advantage of doing like say a plaster brick building versus a plastic brick building. If you weather them, paint them properly, you're, the end result's going to be probably close to the same. The, uh, the one advantage would be if you're going to distress your walls, um, you're going to get a more realistic distressing on the casting, uh, the plaster castings, if you do it right. Um, the paper, the advantages are less expensive. They don't, um, you know, whatever it costs you to print out, you know, like the, these model building.orgs, usually when you print out a kit, it's anywhere from four to, depending on how big it is, four to 10 pages. Uh, most of mine are, that I print out are four to five pages. And that's including the cover, or the, the cover page, which shows you the building and the back page that shows you how to build it. Um, you know, you've got whatever that, those four or five, six pieces of paper cost you plus the ink, um, which is, you know, going to be fairly minimal. And then if you can use cereal boxes when they're empty to, to glue those two. So, I mean, you already paid for the cereal, you've already ate the cereal. So, you know, start saving those. Um, I use, uh, until I run out is, I don't even know what thickness is. It's, uh, thin, it's eight by 10 or eight and a half by 11. I should say, uh, sheets of basically really thin cardboard. That's, it's a good stiff cardboard. That's what I use right now, but that's not to say you can't, um, you know, you can try, especially with the smaller one, just cut them out with the paper if you use a thicker paper, um, but you're still going to have to brace them. So the paper ones are good. The only downside is they are, let's face it, it's printing. It's flat unless you go and add um, extra trim pieces, you know, with wood or you add like uh, coming to the top of my head. I've got uh, a couple that are actually printed and put together right now for 
me building the railroad. So I got different, uh, I can try them in different places, you know, where it's got a light and it's actually got a, uh, a power cable coming from that light hanging. And you can see that <clears throat> until you get up close and it's flat. Well, I mean, one could take a piece of wire and put it up there to give it some 3d. So it depends on how much detail you want to go. And that's the way it is with all of the structures. You can build them per instructions and that's it. Um, or, you know, scratch build and get it built and that's it. Most people, if you're going to just do the build per instructions, most people, you know, while they may put take a piece of thread or something to run from, say, a, a, a telephone pole or an electric pole over to it to show overhead power going into it. Most people coming into the hobby you don't think about and probably... I, I'm not going to say shouldn't, but I would say coming into the hobby, don't worry about doing the super detailing because it's going to, it's going to, you, if you're coming in the hobby, you need to focus on learning the whole hobby as a whole, like your basics wiring and stuff like that. Um, you can always add detail down the road, you know, so um, that gives you a little more, um, I hope from episode 16 about structures gives you a little more info on the different structures, um, different structure types and stuff. So um, we are actually going to jump in. We have a little bit of time left. Uh, not much, but a little bit. Uh, Dave L sent us an email saying he's new to the hobby or looking at getting into the hobby and, you know, asked if we could do some episodes regarding, you know, newcomers looking at, you know, how to get started basically. So, and I know we've discussed this. Oh, I had my sheets right here. Um, we've discussed a lot of actually beginning stuff um, in the early episodes, but it was really, um, I'm looking here. I want to say it was episode 21. So just a few episodes ago, um, actually it just came out yesterday when um, the day of recording this. Um if you're coming into the hobby, you're thinking about getting in the hobby, the first thing I would recommend is determining what kind of railroad you want to do. Model railroad, that is. Are you wanting something that's going to be permanent? You know, you're going to work on it as much as you can every day during the week or as much as time and family and all that stuff allows. Or is this going to be something that you're going to you know, set up once in a while, or you're going to, you know, maybe when the kids or grandkids or whatever, you know, when people just come over to look at it, that's the only time you're going to run it. You need to figure that out first. Um, if this is going to be a hobby that you're getting into, um, you know, to pass time and, and because you enjoy trains and you want to, you know, um, you know, you want to get more into it, then if you're going to be going beyond that, just showing watching trains go around in circles or what have you, then you, there's a little more into it, figuring out what kit to start with, what, where, you know, where do you start? You know, let's face it, DCC, DC. Um, when it boils down to it, like a majority of us that got started in this hobby um, when we were kids or whenever, majority of us either A, purchased or had given to us for birthday, Christmas, what have you, a uh, holiday a train set, you know, that gave you the locomotive that gave you three to five cars, a power pack and some track. I still to this day believe that if somebody's looking at getting into this hobby, go to, you know, your hobby shop, 
go to, if you don't have a hobby shop, go say you have a hobby lobby, go check out a hobby lobby or go online um, and, and search around and find that train set N scale, H O O Z scale, or even G scale. If you want to go that big um, and find the train set that gives you everything to start, whether it's DC or DCC, I will tell you a DCC starter set is going to cost you a little more than a standard DC set. Um, and if you go back in a few, some of our other episodes, we've talked about the difference in, in those, um, which actually I'll tell you right here, uh, episode two. So if you go back to episode two, we talk about that, but find your starter set that you can afford, um, figure out basically what scale you want to do. Um, if you're younger, you, you're good at getting the smaller scales. As we get older, our eyesight's not the best, um, unless you want to be wearing, you know, big old magnifying glasses and there's nothing wrong using magnifying glass to do fine detail. Um, you know, uh, that's fine too. You just go out and look, go to train shows. That's the best way. Um, start looking online. So yeah, go to a train show, go while you're at the train show. Maybe you've already looked online, look at your train sets you know, just kind of look around, get a feel for the scale you want. Um, ask around. Um, I mean, even reach out to us, you know, it, when we put out these episodes and video and stuff, we try to make it our, our, our content to a, a wide range of people. So, um, you know, as an example with Dave L who had uh, messaged us, uh, emailed us and, and had questions, while yes, I'm going to do everything I can to um, work and, and, and try to answer his questions through here, it's just, it's hard to be able to answer specifically and help somebody guide them through this kind of uh, media, if you will. I mean, so like Dave, if, Dave L, if you're listening to this, you know, by all means, if you have any questions, reach out to us. We can work with you one-on-one. Uh, -on -one whether it be through messaging, um, our phone number, that kind of thing, or through the email, um, through our website. Um, we'd be happy to help you sit down and, and discuss more in detail, but we're going to try to get some of your questions answered here. But, um, but the, you know, the other thing, uh, some of the stuff that he was wondering was like, you know, you know, where do you start? What, what, where, basically, where do you begin? Figure out what scale you want to do, folks. And, and, and that's not to say, okay, you think you want to do N scale. So you go buy an N scale set and you start messing with it and you decide, Oh, I want a little bit bigger because I want to down the road. I want to put more detail into it. Um, or let's say you start with an O scale set, you know, whether it's line L or whatever, or you buy a, an American flyer, you happen to find one at a garage sale or state sale or something. Well, I don't really, you end up not having the space for it. So you need to go smaller. There's nothing wrong with that. The market for this hobby and the parts and, and, and availability uh, is, is still very strong. So if you're not necessarily going to be a collector, you know, say you buy, we'll just go back to the example, you buy a no scale set from a garage sale and it's too big. You, you want to go a little smaller scale. You know, if, if you don't want to be sitting on that, you'd rather sell that and use those funds to fund, say, HO or N scale or whatever the smaller scale you decide. Um, believe me, the market's there. You're going to, you should be able to get what you paid for the most part for everything, unless it's something that's, 
been damaged or unfortunately if you overpaid for um but get started in the hobby that's uh, for this episode i'm i'm gonna say that's probably the best do your research online find yourself a train set um most people start ho or n scale um i z scale unless you are a traveler and you only can have a model railroad and say a suitcase or something like that um i wouldn't recommend that for a first scale <laughs> because z scale is way smaller than n scale and while there's a lot of n scalers out there and i would i thought about going back to n scale i just with my age i don't have um um, let's just face it uh my eyesight's not as good as it was 20 years ago so um so dave i hope that helps you um we will try to between our audio podcast and bit uh our uh youtube channel and we'll, we'll probably talk on uh, touch on this on our tiktok page too and through facebook um we will work with you and try to answer some of your more of your questions as far as uh coming into the hobby um or how to get in the hobby so just uh basically find your uh figure out what set you want to do starter set that gives you everything so you're not out wondering do i need to buy this do i need to buy that you can always add on you can always add on upgrade um there's plenty of stuff out there for you so um if you have any questions or anything folks model railroad talk at gmail.com um, you can go to our website, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. You can reach out to us through there. Um, a short form to sign up, uh, to become a member on there, no cost. Um, gets you into our forums and our groups and stuff on there. Um, we also have our phone number, 563-293-6530. That's 563-293-6530. We, we, uh, it's an unmanned number, so... We won't answer. It's basically there for you to call, leave your message, your your uh, input, what have you, or you can send us a text message through there. Um, and um, you can reach out to us. Uh, you know, we're on YouTube, Model Railroad Talk. We're on TikTok. You can reach out to us through there if you are interested in supporting this podcast and uh, want to help see it grow. And um, obviously, like I said in the beginning, we had a few technical difficulties that we've got to upgrade as time goes on. Um, but we got to make do with right now. Um, if you're interested in possibly helping us and uh, becoming a premium supporter, go head on over to patreon.com, which is P A T R E O N.com forward slash model railroad talk and check it out there. You get some advantages for being a monthly premium subscriber. Um, but we want to thank you for listening and helping this podcast grow like it has. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys, like I've said before, I don't know that I'd even have this, you know, we wouldn't be at episode 23 right now. And I probably wouldn't be diving into the video world of like uh, YouTube and TikTok and stuff. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And unfortunately, because I'm recording live, I'm not going to be able to do the outro sound. But uh, um, but thank you. And until next episode, keep your train on the tracks.